And this is Romans 8, the great Romans 8. I'm thankful for all the pastors who've been preaching the last few weeks, and it's going to continue. And as we, as we look at this passage, I'm going to begin in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. We've been looking at the benefits of adoption. We've been looking at that the struggle is real. Can you say the struggle is real? It is so real. That battle between the flesh and the spirit. The enemy wants you to think that because you're struggling and you're battling and you're frustrating that you're defeated. I heard a, a preacher once say that a dead person doesn't know that they're dead, but a live person knows that they once were dead, but they're not anymore. So that reality is what? You're alive. So when you feel dead or the old dead comes back, you just say, I'm alive. Amen? And there's no condemnation. I live the uncondemned life. I am adopted into the family of God. And as he goes deeper into that, and we have the Spirit, and we have a good Father, is this not the goodness of God that in a generation of the challenge of fatherlessness, we have a perfect Father? Abba Father, the Spirit within us. Would you just pray real quick? Say, fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Anoint us, lead us. It says, since we're heirs, verse 27, but if we share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. Starting in verse 18, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us. This suffering specifically is all sorts of things. I love what one commentator said about this. Is the daily anxieties, the tensions, persecutions that are the lot of those who, who follow God. So it's a variety of things, okay? Like there's different levels of suffering and frustration. Sometimes in my, uh, in my fallen self, I think that being stuck in traffic on a beautiful beach day in Rhode Island is a form of suffering. <laughs> it's like somehow my greatest praise is like, there was less traffic for me to rush. And now I'm asleep. No, 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 but the reality is, is that we all have different anxieties. I, 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 I prayed for someone earlier today that, that just lost, has lost a loved one tragically. There are so many things in your life, in my life, there are anxieties, there are, there are, there are deep persecutions, there are sufferings. Some of you have faced death. If, if I, everybody, has, any, has anybody had a loved one die before? I know some of you have, and you're like, I don't raise my hand in church. We've all suffered. Have we all suffered something and lost something? Is everyone going to die? There is real suffering. But he says it's not compared to the glory that will be revealed to us later. Can you say stretch your neck? That's the title, but another title could just be eager expectation. The reality is that in a world of suffering, which is the greatest certainty outside of the certainty of the resurrection and the hope of Jesus, the decision that you and I have to make is that in the face of suffering, what will we choose to see? 
Because here's the reality, if you just stay seeing suffering, and, 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 and this is for the people of God too, because I think we go to different extremes in the face of suffering. We deny it, which can lead us to hopelessness. Or we can, de we can deny it, not only leading us to hopelessness, or denial that, that can lead to idealism, that can, that can erase the realism and the reality that suffering's hard. I believe that if there is anybody today, and I, and I want to leave room for that, specifically, and we'll have a prayer team up here. There's a, since the beginning of this church, a place, an altar before the Lord. I was here with another pastor this week. Nobody was here. And we were praying. And we were building an altar for the glory of God. Why? Because God is not looking for me to be on the stage. He's looking for me to remind you about the glory and the presence of His name. Yeah, you can clap. That's good. That's good because, that's good because, it's, because it's true. And your spirit, or anybody who's not yet filled with the Holy Spirit, this is what you need. You need the presence of God and a vision of hope in the face of suffering. So our perspective is that there's glory coming. Verse 19, for all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Are you really his child? Are you really his child? See, everybody's made in the image of God, but not everyone is yet a child of God. You are only a child of God by faith in Jesus. Amen? I love my kids, but not everyone's yet filled with the Holy Spirit. I say, I love you. You're made in the image of God. I pray that you be filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray that you confess your sin. I pray that you follow Jesus. All made in the image, but not yet all children. But you and I are waiting till that day when we either meet Jesus or he returns. And we are made perfect in him. It says we are waiting eagerly. Who loves to wait? You can already tell that I, that, that, that I struggle with that. I mean, you don't, you, don't, you don't start churches if you're a little bit impatient. Like for us, we started on Monday night. I was like, I was like, I refuse to be a church that is not family and a team and an army. I was into everything, sports, everything, a, a lot of other things. And guess what? God said, no, 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 no. This is not just a Sunday thing. Though we gather and we love Sunday and we worship and anybody else who tells you that they can just worship Jesus on a boat and not be in the house of God, tell them, I love worshiping Jesus on a boat, but we come together as the household of God. Amen? Don't be offended by that. Read your Bible. So, I can be all in with Jesus. And I said, I want to have a, a church that we meet on Monday and Tuesday, and we're truly the family of God. And there's vision for that, right here, a vision, a church for the unchurched. I think New Bedford and South Coast needs more of Jesus. Amen? But how are you waiting is the question. The Greek translation for waiting eagerly is stretching the head or on your tiptoes. You know, I, I say this often, and that's because I coach, I don't know, 10 different teams for my kids, youth, 10 to three. 
My goodness, you want to see revival? Go to youth sports. Some of you are like, I got to make a decision. Do I go to church or do I do youth sports? Jesus died for you and he's the greatest news in the world. Love you. I'll see you at church. Amen? Amen? And then I'll beat your team afterwards. <laughs> so I love parents, even if their kids aren't the best in their talent and ability. Have you ever seen? Maybe you're, maybe you're them and you, I love you, the best parent. We have a kid on our team, he's really young. He's probably missed 20 shots. But last night, he made one. Well, oh, you guys are a great church. That's that. I hope you're watching back there in South County. But here's the thing. The, they were there early. You know that? The early parents for their kids, training them. The coach before the coach. The coaches that never signed up to be the coach, but then tell everybody else how to coach. They give you that look. And I'm like, you should have signed up. But anyways. Actually, I like this guy. And we, but the, the mom, they're dressed up together with the dad and the mom. And they were, they were on their tiptoes the whole entire time, stretching the head. Have you done that leaning in with expectation, right? My boy might be missed everything, but he's going to make this one. Come on, have you ever watched a sporting event? I heard there's a revival of people watching football, the real. They'll make sure they tell you the real football. I mean, I, I'm like, I, 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 like seriously, I've watched Man in the Arena like 10 times. That's, that's, that's Tom Brady for those who don't know. But, and I, every time, my, my, my family's literally like, what's wrong? Like, I'm like, expectation, what's going to come, right? It's like the last dance, what's to come? That next basketball game, next, it's like next year when the Celtics beat the Warriors, like eager expectation. It's like leaning in. Some of you, your favorite movie, whatever it is. I'm not going to go there, but I'm like, why are all of a sudden everybody's wearing pink and talking about Barbie? Anyways, um, I, anyways, eager expectation, right? Like, I didn't even know movie theaters still are open. Like, and leaning in, leaning in, leaning in. Can you say, stretch the head? Stretch your head. Eager expectation. Do you have an eager expectation that in the face of suffering that there is a greater degree of glory and hope that is coming in Jesus' name? Do you live your life? Hey, do you live your life like that? That's not just a cute title. It's literally in the Greek. And I never did good at Greek. But like, I looked at and I was, I was preparing and the, the language that is coming out so poetically is we wait eagerly for the future day. Church, make a decision at every hospital report, at every bill, at every season of life. Choose to what? Not be foolish, be wise, but live with an expectation that there is hope beyond what I see. It's called faith. It's called faith. It's called faith. It's called faith. The creation is eagerly waiting to reveal who the children are. This is why it doesn't feel nice, the mocking. It doesn't feel nice maybe when family members don't believe. It might not feel nice. Goodness, what's going on in the world. And Lord, we just cover 2024 in the name of the Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh my gosh, world is crazy. You thought 2020? You have no idea what's coming 2024. I'm not dooming, 
glooming. I'm saying, if I don't decide and you don't decide to see glory, we will be in despair. I don't need to remind you of 2020. Just the thought of it leads you to what? Groaning. It just reminded us of the frustration, the craziness. God bless you. I remember, I love college kids. I love young people. I believe in this next generation. But some, was, some people are like, oh yeah, I love that season. I just got like a little bit more time with myself. <laughs> Living water is rising. <laughs> oh, I think, I hope I said something nice, but no, no, it was hard for so many people. Life is hard. Can we get a shirt that says life is hard? Life is hard, is it not? God is good. He gives life. Okay, some of you zealous people like me, I've learned not to rebuke people who have a life is good shirt and try to give them the correct theology within five minutes. I repent, that used to be me. But the reality is life is hard. The reality is, is that they're suffering. But are you a child of God who loves God? Because that is what we're awaiting. That's what we're leaning into. And at that day when we meet Jesus or he returns, guess what? You're not going to be thinking about all the suffering and what everything went on around you or what people said about you. You're going to be looking at your father as an adopted child filled with the Holy Spirit living forever. So right now, stretch your neck. Say it with me. Stretch your neck. Eager expectation. Do you live with eager expectation? That's why we need one another. It's like our team. I remind them. They're, they're looking at, they're like, oh my goodness, it's so entire. It's so hot. I said, no, you're nine, you're 10. Your mommy, your daddy gave you so many water bottles, driving you everywhere, feeding you everywhere. <laughs> Wake up. And then there's another revival, Brickley, this ice cream, Brickley's ice cream, you've probably heard of it, renowned. I'm trying to make Jesus more popular than Brickley's in, in, in Southern Rhode Island. I look at the team, hey, if I, I'm gonna take you to Brickley's. Oh, all of a sudden I got energy. <laughs> they leaned in, in the huddle, who's close. You're in Brickley's, oh, I got it. This dude grabbed 39 rebounds after I, like finishing after I said that. True story. How about this, Jesus? who is seated on the throne, who spoke the world into existence. Jesus came down, didn't have to, did not have to, and he was always and would be right, true, and holy. But he came down, he did nothing wrong, innocent, not guilty, never sinned, took on human flesh, the second Adam, and what happened? He suffered although he was blameless and innocent. He died. And he deals with the greatest question of suffering which this world is trying to deal with. And in a world where secularism has just increased, for the first 1,500 years, there was, the, there was a belief in the transcendence. Now what has happened is that we've lost that view of the transcendence of God, right? We've lost it as a nation. We've lost it as a people in our schools and a region. And more important, we've lost it as families and as people. We, there's so many of us. We've lost the transcendence. And, and this is why it's so important. What are we to do with suffering? Because if you do not have a view of the glory of God and the greatness of God, what happens? That in the face of suffering, we choose either to be utterly hopeless 
isolate in despair or to be totally hedonistic, eat, drink, and be merry and do whatever we want. Right? And that makes sense if there's not eternity. Just do whatever you want, whenever you want. But the reality is, is that the enemy is a liar and God is our creator. He is our redeemer. He is the suffering savior. Tell me somebody else who not only was the greatest teacher who ever lived and is also God, but he came to be a man and he's savior. And he became savior by what? Through suffering. No other religion, no other system, no other philosophy can deal with suffering by the suffering creator of the world taking sin upon himself. So with eager expectation, we wait. Verse 20 says this. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. Another translation says frustrated. Can you say frustrated? Look to your husband or the person you love the most and say, I'm frustrated by you. No, don't say that. <laughs> frustrated. 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 It's like, no matter how healthy you are, which is good, like, no matter how much you go to the gym or try to go to the gym, amen, new resolutions starting right now, amen? No matter your body, no matter you're healthy, no matter life, the reality is, is that it's not perfect yet. Things are not made right yet completely. Do you agree? I tell this to people all the time. I believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I believe that He still is a healer. We're not going to debate about the Holy Spirit. We believe in the full gifts of the Holy Spirit to build up the body of Christ and to see more of his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. But if I get healed 99 times and I'm 99, I still need a resurrected Savior who rose from the grave and he's going to give me a new body one day. And after suffering comes resurrection life. Amen? Is that true? So the creation is frustrated. Sin, rebellion, caused this corruption into the world. Satan, the lead worshiper of God, falls because of pride. Humans fall because of pride. Churches fall because of pride. And I thank God for the humility of Jesus in this one. I'm serious. The bigger you get, the more humble you need to be. Because the bigness is not about stages or spaces. The bigness is about more of his glory transforming cities and families. But the whole creation was under God's judgment. He cast out the people that he created because they did not want to be in his presence. The battle is always over God's presence. And what happens is we see this. Do you see this big vision of God? Why we call it Romans 8? All of creation is under this curse. All of creation is now in imperfection. All of creation unrighteous. There's not one who's righteous. Not one. All have fallen short of the glory of God. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. Amen? 
For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers, verse 23, also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. Do you see this eager expectation? Do you have the Holy Spirit in you? We receive healing. We receive freedom. But we know that what? More glory is coming. There is more beyond death and suffering. There is more. We are groaning for the future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. Can I get an amen? amen. So I pray right now, seriously, if there is anybody back pains, seriously, back pains, I'm not going to have you stand up, do anything. Like, I, I pray a release of God's healing presence on you. Some of you have been facing with just um, <laughs> excruciating pain. Anybody raise your hand if there's been excruciating body pain, physical pain. Can we thank God? Keep your hand raised. Can we thank God for medical doctors? My wife's a nurse practitioner. Can we thank God for physicians' hospitals? Amen? People work there? Yeah. It's not an either or. Go to the healer, Jesus, or go to doctor's medicine. Everything is through the healing power and presence of God. Amen? Can we go to the healer? No, right now. Receive. Seriously. It's not magic. Holy Spirit. Release, I pray. Some of you, mental torment. I've learned that when I wake up with a tormenting spirit, anybody had a tormenting spirit? Like tormenting at night, not being able to sleep. Raise your hand. So many of you. So, so many of you. So many of you. Keep your hands raised. Keep your hands raised. No, seriously. As you stretch your neck, I pray you'll be able to rest. Rest your neck. Rest your body in the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't do it. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Can we look to Jesus? Have you come to the end? Of your... I pray for a impart of spirit of God over you. And do you receive by faith? You are going to rest well tonight and the days ahead. Would you receive that by faith? Thank you, Jesus. But as you live in his healing presence, we thank God that beyond our grave, we will be completely, completely, eternally healed. Is that good news? You will be released from sin and suffering. We too, with eager, say it again, say eager. eager. Stretching the neck, stretch your neck for the hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. Jesus came in a body. God created us in a body. And guess what's going to happen when we die? It's not like the Christmas carol if you've seen it. Spirit! Just floating. The world does not have all the fun with the body. God created the body and he gave us everything to enjoy to his glory. And he's going to give us a new body. So when you walk up here for healing, for a ceiling of just all that you want from God, some of you, 
Some of you, hey guys, some of you, and I, guys and girls, I love you. I can be as prideful as anybody. Just stop with the pride. Don't let your ego get in the way of your healing. But even more, faith to believe that guess what? God has given us everything to enjoy. So my body, I'm gonna use it for the glory of God. But one day he's gonna give me a new body in the new heaven and the new earth. Amen? Amen. New heaven and new earth. Because Jesus rose in a body. The Ivy League schools that were once started by pastors in New England, so many of them now deny the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus. Well, guess what? Jesus was bodily, rose from the grave, and everyone in Christ will be raised with a new body. We are given this hope when we are saved, if already, if we... If, all, if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait. Say it with me. Patiently. Oh. Waiting patiently without hope is insanity. Waiting with hope in Jesus is glory. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, God, for giving. Lord, thank you for birthing a generation of people in America and Honduras, Cape Verde, all over. A generation, Lord God, who is with eager expectation, not for the next celebrity, not for the next big thing, not for the next check, not for the next this or that, but for what we already have, the Spirit of Christ. Yeah, I see somebody standing up there. Absolutely. If there was some celebrity walking out through here, we have, we have musicians, we have, we have athletes people go crazy for. And it's normal. No, the new normal is the glory of God in their people. Hallelujah. 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 Do you see it? Stretch your neck. Say, stretch your neck. Stretch your neck. I see it. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays with us with groanings that can't be expressed. Church, learn to groan. The Holy Spirit gives us this beautiful gift of tongues, which is our prayer, can be a prayer language privately to the Lord. But in this passage, Paul, the apostle, is not talking about the gift of tongues, which are real and active, and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Speak in new language to the Lord. But this is a groaning for the way that the world is, because here's the reality. The church of Jesus Christ, especially in America, does not coast at New Life South Coast. No, 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 hear me. Hear me in the spirit. You do not coast. You do not huddle up. You do not stock up. You be wise. But in the face of any government, any governor, any leader, any person, hear me. We, as the people of God, we say, hell, you have to leave now. 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 I'm my family. I'm my city. Jesus. So we groan. 
And the Father who knows our hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit, we love you, Holy Spirit. Please for us, believers, you have an advocate. You have someone interceding for you. You have two intercessors in your life. You have Jesus at the right hand of the Father interceding for you right now. And you have the Holy Spirit in you right now, interceding, standing in the gap, saying, I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. I got you, I got you, I got you. In harmony with God's own will. And let's say it together. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance. And he chose them. And he chose some people in the house. Like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. He's saying right now, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. You're not coming to a brand of church, a brand of Christianity. You are coming to your Father. You are coming to your Savior. He's calling you before the foundations of the world. The sovereign Lord who stands over history and all of humanity is wooing a generation here and now. Your family, your life. Come. He's calling you. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. We stand not on our performance. We stand on the finished work of Jesus. Amen, church? Do you stand on his glory today? With tiptoe faith, stretching your neck out with expectation.